As he walked along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. Then he went and washed and came back able to see. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar began to ask, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some were saying, It is he. Others were saying, No, but it is someone like him. He kept saying, I am the man. But they kept asking him, Then how were your eyes opened? He answered, The man called Jesus made mud, spread it on my eyes, and said to me, Go to Siloam and wash. Then I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, Where is he? He said, I do not know. And then we skip to verse 24. So for the second time, the Pharisees called the man who had been blind, and they said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, I do not know whether he is a sinner. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Then they reviled him, saying, You are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, Here is an astonishing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but he does listen to one who worships him and obeys his will. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, You were born entirely in sins, and are you trying to teach us? And they drove him out. Jesus heard that they had driven him out, and when he found him, he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir? Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and the one speaking with you is he. He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. This is the word of God for the people of God. As we read through these stories of John, they drive us deeper into considering what we believe and how we come to believe. If you were with us last week, you'll remember we read a story from John, and in that we noticed seven different images or titles or names for Jesus and talked about all the different possibilities in terms of what that might mean about what we believe and who Jesus is and how God might be working through any one of those to enrich your own life of faith. 
Well, we have a similar progression in this story. If we pay attention to when the man born blind makes references to Jesus, we can see that he is, his answer changes as we move along. If you have your Bibles, look in verse 10. This discussion is going on. The man has already met Jesus. He's made the mud. He's put it on the man's eyes. He can see again. And those around him begin to wonder what in the world is going on and how his eyes were opened. They didn't think that it was the same guy. But he kept saying, I am the man. But they kept asking him, then how were your eyes open? He answered, the man called Jesus made mud. And then goes ahead and tells the story. So this first answer to who did this is just naming Jesus. The man called Jesus, almost as if he doesn't even know this fellow at all. But then as the story progresses, the Pharisees and others are discussing what's been going on, and they press him for who is this fellow. And then in verse 17, he says he is a prophet. So he moves from not really knowing him to saying he is a prophet. Well, they continue to have the discussions. The Pharisees are not satisfied. They call the parents of the man in. Maybe they can shed some light on this. They dodge the question. They don't want to answer. They get rid of them and call the man back. That's where we picked up reading. They continue to discuss and argue about that. Finally, the man who now can see presses back after they keep pressing him. And he says, here is an astonishing thing. astonishing thing. You do not know where he comes from? And yet he opened my eyes. And he goes on to talk about how does God work through us. And he says, it's when we obey. And then he concludes in verse 33, if this man were not from God, he could do nothing. If this man... We're not from God. He could not have restored my sight, he is saying. So he's moved from this fellow Jesus to prophet to this guy I know is a man from God. Well, the Pharisees have had enough. They drive him out. Then John says Jesus searches him out, the man born blind who he's healed. And he asks him then in the last part of our reading, do you believe in the Son of Man? The fellow answers, and who is he, sir? Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus tells him, I'm right here. You have seen me. I'm the one speaking. And the last thing the man says in this story about him is, Lord, I believe. He said, Lord, I believe. So in these few verses that we've read this morning, we have a conversion story of one who did not know Jesus to one professing him as Lord. He goes, I don't know, a fellow named Jesus. Well, a prophet, he must be from God to, oh, he is my Lord. I believe. And he becomes a follower. How does that happen in our lives? How does conversion happen? Have you thought about that later? How did you come to faith? How does spiritual growth happen? Often we ask those questions, we look for a single answer. We think, well, there may be one way. And there's groups within the Christian body that say, oh, yeah, we have found the one way. As United Methodists, we say, well, not so fast. It might be a little bit broader than that. There may be more than one way. Conversion and growth happen in different ways for different people. 
if we took the time to all tell our faith story this morning, some of us would say, oh, I was born into a Christian family. I cannot remember a time that I was not at church. I grew up being a Christian. At some point, I decided I'm going to live this life of faith the same way my parents did. But another one sitting right next to her might say, my family wasn't Christian. I never was taken to church. I was a teenager, and one of my friends invited me to go to an activity. I wanted to go along for the fun or whatever, but while I was there, something happened. I felt something stirring in me, and through that experience as a teenager, I came to faith. Another might say, oh, I was never part of the church family. I know a minister who has a child family never went to church she was watching TV as an elementary age student she said she heard the preacher on TV say one Sunday morning if you want to be a follower of Jesus pray this prayer with me and she says something inside of her left and she knew even as a child I want to be a follower of Jesus and she prayed the prayer and it wasn't until sometime later that she ever came into a family of faith we come to faith in so many different ways. It's not a single way that God works in our lives, but any number of ways. John, in this story this morning, gives us one example of this. This man born blind has a personal encounter with Jesus. And normally we think, ah, that's when he came to believe. I mean, it was a sudden and dramatic miracle. He's been blind his whole life. Now he can see. But it's interesting if we look closely, that's not when he came to profess Jesus as Lord. It's only after other people ask him questions. His friends and neighbors are wondering about this. Then the Pharisees are really pressing him on this. And finally, Jesus finds him and asks him some questions. And it's only through the crucible of the questions and the struggle of what do I believe? How do I articulate this? What am I saying? That this man comes to faith. It's really a combination of factors, a combination of people that make a difference. That's often the way we come to faith, whether we come in a sudden, dramatic moment where we turn to Jesus and declare Him Lord, or it may happen over any number of years. It is often the people around us that help us move into the family of faith, come into the family of God. Declare that we want to be a follower of Jesus Christ and we're going to order our lives accordingly. So God can use any of us to help another come to faith. And often there are those people around us that want to help. But another interesting point in this story is there are those who are not trying to help and God uses them anyway. I mean, the Pharisees are not trying to help the man come to faith. They're trying to stop this nonsense. They're really pressing him. They're mean. They're condemning. And yet, the way John tells the story, God is using even that experience and those people with ill intent to bring the man born blind who can now see to become a faithful follower of Christ. See, the Pharisees are actually not trying to help the man come to faith but God can use the good and the bad experiences in our life to grow us in faith 
God can use the good and bad circumstances to help us grow as Christian disciples. Sometimes when bad things happen to us, we think maybe God has abandoned us, but this story would suggest otherwise. Oh no, God is still there. God is still at work in your life. Most of you know that we have a Boy Scout troop, Troop 20, here at the church. It's a wonderful Boy Scout troop, has produced lots of Eagle Scouts, lots of wonderful experiences. It's actually a growing troop, new boys and new leaders coming in by good numbers these last few weeks and months. But you may not know that we also have a group in older scouting called the Venture Crew. The Venture Crew has opportunity for older scouts to go on any number of high adventure activities. There's a group that went recently to Arkansas to do a hiking experience in preparation to going to Philmont High Adventure Camp this summer. It happened that they were all girls on this particular trip. They had their backpacks. They were ready to go. They had their leaders. They hiked into a fairly remote area. They pitched tents and set up camp for the night, going on a further hike the next morning when it began to rain. The winds began to blow. It began to get colder and colder. This unexpected turn in the weather all of a sudden created a very different situation that became precarious when one of the girls began to get sick. And then she began to experience hypothermia. And they realized she's not going to be able to hike out and we've got to get out of here. This storm is too bad for us to wait it out. So a decision had to be made that some would stay with her and others would hike out and go for help. So in the middle of the rain and the storm and the cold, they had to pack up their camp, put on their backpacks and head out again. But now the trails they had come in on had turned into small streams. It had rained so much, rainwater flowing everywhere that they were hiking through. Then across streams that now were much fuller when they had come through the first time, freezing water. As they're hiking out, another one of the girls begins to experience fatigue. And then she begins to experience hypothermia. There's another another decision that has to be made do we all stay here or do we go on do we split up and the group divided again and those who were able continued to hike out hoping to get the warmth and safety 